Welcome back to the Forget Me Not Diaries. I'm your host, Tyra. And I'm your host, Bree. We are two lifelong besties who are delving into what makes us, us. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm your host, Tyra. And I'm your host, Bree. And today we're going to be talking about a pretty sensitive subject, I think, to a lot of people, which is honestly kind of sad to say. Mm. But today we're going to be talking about um, toxic parent relationships. Yeah. And I like that we said it that way too, toxic parent relationships, because it's not necessarily that these people are wholly toxic in our lives. Like they do have value. It's just that, you know, it's it's not the place to be denying the fact that there's a lot of toxicity within those types of relationships sometimes. Yeah. And not everybody's ready to admit it either and take accountability. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. This, this topic makes me hella nervous. Um, just to put my thoughts out there, but I think it's necessary for people to, I mean, there's a reason people voted for this yeah. on the Instagram mm-hmm. over friendship. We all could talk about friendship all day long. Right. But this resonates with people. And I yeah. think you have a really beautiful relationship too, because you're, you're, you're healing. You're on your healing journey. I mean, right. so am I, but you are. For I'm, real. I'm attempting to do it with them. And yes. yes. I mean, there's points we'll get into it. We'll yep. get into it. But no, I think I'll let Tara start it out. Um, with just the fact that, you know, hers is a little bit more unique as well because, well, maybe not unique is the right word, but. Yeah, but it's hard to, I mean, I don't something know. People, something people understand a little bit heavier. Yeah. Like, I I cannot relate to your side of things as much because it's just a different kind of toxic. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's for sure. Um, so I guess a little disclaimer, I think we'll be talking yes. about drug use, um, a lot of, uh, verbal abuse. Yeah. Um, just if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, please do not force yourself to listen to this no. podcast yeah. just because you love us. Yeah. But I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, the people who voted for this are the people who are going to be listening and we don't offend anyone. This is not our goal. Mm-hmm. We just want to share our stories. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so I guess like the first thing, I guess I'll just go first with sharing of me growing up, I guess, with an addict parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go into addict parents. Um, you guys all know that my dad had died young and I was only four months old and my mom was only about 32, 31, 32 at the time. And she had already been dealing with her own addictness I think they were addicted to cocaine at that time mm-hmm. um and my mom was a chain smoker you know too as well but she had a mom who was an alcoholic my grandma Judy and then Judy had a mom who was an alcoholic and Judy had a sister that was severely alcoholic like the the cycle continued and spilled and spilled and spilled and spilled my mom uh grew up in Texas uh Louisiana so deep south which was my mom grew up in the ghetto, basically poor, poor, poor. Uh, they would leave and pack up in the middle of the night and just continue. And my mom would get sexually abused by my grandma's boyfriends, people she would bring over for the night, things like that. And my mom doesn't really talk about it because yeah. I feel like no one ever believed her, which is crazy. So no one ever. So how do you deal her. with that? 
yeah. abuse. Abuse. Right. Yeah. How yeah. sad. And so she meets my dad. They fall miraculously in love. My mom's a little different. My dad's just a good old homeboy. Just, you know, parents are still together, been together since they were fucking in fifth grade. Oh my gosh. You know, so down home, just good living. And my mom picked up on that and they just took her in and adopted my mom, basically. And so then my mom had us four kids. I have my older brother, which I think is fine. I think we can talk about our siblings, hopefully. But mm-hmm. my oldest brother's name is Josh. Um, he's a recovering alcoholic. Uh, he ended up getting really bad into it when my dad passed away when he was about 13. And then I have um, Brandon, and we're about 10 years apart. And then I have my sister Tiffany, and we're about eight years apart. And then there's me. Um, and I think things get really weird with me because I'm so in a sporadic age group from mm-hmm. my siblings, and they each dealt with a different mom. Yeah. A diff- a generation dealt with a different mom, you know? And so I got, I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. So I got babied my entire life. I was the baby. It was, oh my God, what's, you know, Tyra this, Tyra that. It's Tyra one. Exactly. Whatever you want, honey. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, and then my mom ended up meeting my stepdad, Mike, and Mike had two kids, Johnny and Sandy. And Sandy and Brandon are the same age. And I want to say Johnny and Josh are like the same age-ish, mm-hmm. something like that. They're very, all of them are close in age. And Mike was a functioning alcoholic, would go to work, but would come home and get beyond shit-faced. Yeah. And so would my mom with him. And so they would get shit-faced together And that would lead to abuse. Yeah. Alcoholic abuse. So that was great. So I grew up a lot with that. Like my earliest memories of being in Japan were my parents fighting, fist fighting, cops getting called. Um, I would come home sometimes and no one would be home. My mom worked at like the little family, like casino thing. And so she spent her nights there. And I think my dad would go there. They would get drunk and they would come home. Things like that. My mom almost burnt down the kitchen that we were living in the little condo that we were living in. Cause I think she must've mixed, I think drugs and pills or excuse me, alcohol and pills together. Um, uppers and downers, baby mm-hmm. uppers and downers. Um, so that was great. And so I like, I just remember a lot of that just abuse. abuse. How do you feel like in your head, you process that as a kid? I was super alone. Yeah. Like, I think Sandy and Tiffany, they were older. They were teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I was young. I was four or five years old. Yeah. And so I'd get in trouble a lot. I'd run, not run away, but I'd go find mischief. I would go get into mischief Mm -hmm. is where I'd go. Tiffany would be like, where the fuck's Tyra? And I'd be down at the gas station on base with the fucking boy across the street. We're riding his little Jeep, little fucking remote (laughs) control car. Oh my gosh. And the cops got called. Oh my god! Because where the fuck are our parents? Yeah. Legit. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I did. I would fucking go find other places to be at, I guess. Yeah. You just didn't want to be around that. I think, you know, so I was just constantly trying to find other places, other people to go spend my time with. I think, I think in a way, too, like, it kind of puts you in a place where you felt displaced because you definitely didn't belong where all of that was happening and you're, like, looking for your place in a way. Yeah. By in other people, yeah, 
Yep. And so like my sisters would tell me as we got, as I got older, they would tell me and be like, we had to babysit you. If Sandy would take one night and then Tiffany would take one night or if they didn't have plan, you know, they would mutually agree of whoever was babysitting Tyra. Um, my brothers came in and out of Japan, very in and out. Josh, I remember being there for a moment, Brandon being there for a moment, Johnny being there for a moment, but I feel like they were so much older, more independent Mm -hmm. that they stayed in Alaska. I do know that my parents ended up splitting for a hot minute. My mom ended up moving back to Eagle River with me and Tiffany. And my dad stayed in Japan with Sandy. And we were gone for a little bit. But then they ended up working shit out. We went back to Japan, moved all of our shit out, and then we went to Palmer. We moved to Palmer. Jeez, so you moved to Japan, back, and to Japan, and back. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Oof, duh. Yeah. So that's, that's crazy. And then, you know, going into Palmer which my dad worked in Anchorage, he worked nights. Mm. And so my mom never worked really. I think she worked at like one stop tanning and travel in Mm -hmm. Palmer, which is not there anymore. Yeah. Um, Tanning salon and travel agency. Um, (laughs) That was right by Midas where the gas station is and that green strip mall. Um, Yeah. And Tiffany started working there too. And like Tiffany was also this rebellious kid and never home. So like I literally was alone all the fucking time. And so that was like how I grew up alone. Defend for your fucking self, essentially, because my mom was still fucked up on pills. Because you're not being taken care of. Yeah. There's like a level of neglect there. Yeah. You know, and so like I remember one night I had to call my mom's friend Marcy because I thought my mom wasn't breathing. I mean, what fucking kid do you think you were? Seven. Oh my God. Young. Not 10. Not 10. Wow, Young. not even double digits. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not that it would have made a difference. No, because um, Tiffany was with her son at the time. And so let's put it this way. Tiffany had Aubrey when I was eight going on nine. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany was not with this man at that. Well, Tiffany was with him. Mm-hmm. So, but she was with Max a little bit long. So I like, um, mm, yeah, so I'd have been seven. Seven. Six, seven. Yeah. And then Marcy ended up coming over, which she lived down the road. Mm-hmm. She tried to wake my mom up. My mom wouldn't get up. So then we had to call my grandpa. Wow. And then my grandpa came and I think dumped water on her and she woke up. But like, that's fucked up. Like that's what kid terrifying. has to worry about their mom breathing? breathing. Like, literally. And I, yeah. I don't even know if I knew what death was yeah. at that point. I really don't think I did. Do you think that's why you were so scared for her all the time? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Because you had no idea what she was going to do to herself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like, if I don't have my mom, I don't have nobody. Yeah. Because you were alone all the time, and if she's at home, you're at home. It's just you and her. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I spent a lot of that, you know, just wondering, oh, is my mom okay? Is my mom okay? Is my mom? And that creates that whole codependency thing. Well, and then you're not thinking about yourself at all. No. So you don't think about your own well-being. Because no one's teaching you to think about your own well-being. Because you have to think about it all the time, but then you also have to make sure your mom's okay. Yeah. And then I'm trying (laughs) to find... She, I'm like asking for her attention too, mm-hmm. because I don't have real attention from this woman at all. Right. Um, so I'm trying to do anything. I cut my own hair to get mm-hmm. attention. I did all these things. And I think that's where I kind of found it more with my friends. And maybe that's why I'm so drama queen too, mm-hmm. that I try to make everything about me. And I think Cause you want the attention because that you never got. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's where like, I also delved into boys a lot too. Yeah. I'm trying to get, cause that was an attention I mean, think about it. Little girls are shown from a really young age that, like, you can fall in love and everything will be good. Yeah. And it's, like, mm-hmm. just looking for that everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Totally. You know, totally. 
And so then that, growing up within that, and then my parents ended up getting a divorce. And I would go to the ends of the earth to defend my mom always. Mm -hmm. So like I was, I think I had mentioned this on like, I don't know what episode, maybe it was our intro episode or our second episode where I ended up going to my Aunt Kim's for the, oh yeah, my interview episode where I ended up going Mm -hmm. to my Aunt Kim's for the summer. Well, my mom stayed here and essentially partied the entire fucking summer mm-hmm. while my dad was back home and my mom got a boyfriend at oh. that time, you know? So it was like my aunt Kim painted my mom in this horrible light, you know, and it was all this fucked up shit. My brother Josh ended up going to jail again because he was driving with studs on the car that my mom let him drive. And so it was like, everything was my mom's fault. Mm-hmm. I hate my mom. And that really was like, I hate my mom actually. You're like, yeah, I fucking hate her. But I love her at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so when I got home that summer, my mom ended up getting pregnant as well when I got home, basically. Like, I think I had met him a couple times. Tony, I had met him a couple times. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then next thing you know, like into my summer or whatever, however I view that, she ended up getting pregnant. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I knew that she used at this time. I think yeah. I was very prevalent and aware. I was 11 mm-hmm. and I knew this. And like, and I was so pissed because my mom wasn't fucking home. I was left alone basically with my uncle and my dad by myself. I didn't, you know, my first period, no one was with me. Really? Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, what the fuck? And then my dad gets with this woman from God knows where. And I'm like, what the fuck? She's an addict too. So I'm like, oh my fucking God, I'm surrounded by addicts everywhere. Every fucking where that I look. So this is great. But what addict am I going to take over anybody? My mom. Mm -hmm. Because I know that. I know her. She's a constant. Constant. Yeah. And so I end up. And the only parent you really had. Exactly. Exactly. You had a stepdad for a long time. Mm -hmm. But even that kind of had. It's yeah. ups and downs yeah. of whether or Especially. not that was going to be a stable thing. Exactly. Exactly. My mom never really let him discipline me at all. Oh, Never. Wow. Never. No. My God, no. I was never disciplined. Ever. Mm. So my mom was very, this is my daughter. And I don't know if, like, that's also, like, my mom growing up with her mom marrying seven different men, too. Yeah. And having this weird of, like, you will not tell my daughter what to do. You will not. But I that's hard for a hearing, having a kid hear that, and then it gives you almost a superiority complex, and in in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah for but. sure, exactly. Because I mean, you got to think, I felt so superior mm-hmm. all the time against my mom. Yes. I was superior. I was the superior one. I was sober. I was mm-hmm. smart. Um, and so I ended up. My mom ended up losing the baby. Don't know. Don't know what happened. I never know. My mom was older. Yeah, you got. My mom was like forty and using and using supposedly Mm -hmm. supposedly not but she still was an addict Mm -hmm. so that it takes your toll toll on a body regardless Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so then my dad ended up moving his new girlfriend in and her kids in, and my room was completely taken over i didn't have a room anymore and this is the house that i fucking literally grew up my childhood was spent in this house Mm mm-hmm no matter whether I stayed there 24-7 or not, it still was my room. Mm-hmm. And then it was just completely taken over, succumbing, you know. With these strangers. Yeah. And it sucked. And I couldn't, you know, and that was like one thing. Sandy was like, I could never blame you guys for the way it went down. I blamed the parents. Mm-hmm. And it's, and she was younger. The younger girl was younger than me. And so I could never go in and blame her for coming in and taking my room. She, she just no, went, she wherever, just went wherever she was told. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so then 
she and her mom was a full-blown pillhead as well. And so my dad, like, what the fuck is going on? And I was really mad. Like, I remember several, like, holidays and birthdays, which, I mean, my mom was included in those holidays and birthdays where everybody would be so fucked up that dinner's not getting done and everyone's mm-hmm. just passed out. And it's the middle of the fucking day and you have people coming over for dinner. Like, what the fuck is going on? Holidays are traumatic for me. Yeah, me fucking too. traumatic. And so are birthdays. And I remember, like, this one vivid birthday where I spent it with my dad. And it's when I was, like, really into princesses at the time. I was, like, probably eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And I remember um, I, we used to color a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had this Rapunzel birthday cake that they went and got. Well, I remember my dad just passing out in his food. Cause he was so fucked up. So, I mean, this is downers and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and her son at the time had to carry my dad up the stairs. Like, I'll never forget that. Like that was traumatic. That was traumatizing. Yeah. Like what the fuck? And I never went to my dad's house after that. Oh wow. I was like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. I fucking hate you all. Yeah. So that kind of, then my dad ended up moving to Guam, never had contact with me, kind of just lost all contact. We never really talked after that. Wow. Um, yeah. And then, so as that, and then I get full blown, you know, involved with my mom at that time of picking up on certain weird things, the friends she brought over, we were like essentially like a weird flop house. Like, I mean, my siblings would come in and move and then their friends would come in and move things like that. Like my house always been a flop house. My mom always let anybody off the streets essentially live with us. Yeah. Essentially. Your house was always so full. Always. Always. It was always something fucking just different. Constantly things were always fucking happening. And then I think when we, our relationship got really, really good in middle school, I want to say like, that's when I first really started picking up on like, my mom is a fucking full blown drug addict. This is great. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where my resentment came. Yeah. Resentment, full on resentment. I remember around 12, 13, you were just angry. Angry. I was fucking angry all the time. My mom couldn't do anything right. But if, it was more of the, it was very much like that older, almost like an older sibling, younger sibling, where it's like, I can pick on them, but you can't fucking say shit. Yes. So like she could, I remember just her railing at her mom. And I, you know, coming from my background of like, you don't talk to your mom that way, like hella respect of your elders in a way, yeah. kind of. Right. Um, didn't understand all of that backstory and was just like, don't talk to your mom that way, Tyra. Yes. But then uh, eventually I would even have to tell Marlo, like, don't talk to your daughter that way and maybe she won't talk to you that way. You're teaching her how to do this. What do you want from her? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, I like, do I regret ever being that foul of my mom? Yeah, I regret that, you know, just being nasty to her. But did she deserve it? Low-key, you know, teach their own. <laughs> teach their own. I mean, when your mom's beyond fucked up and high as hell. I, How do I, you react? I Yeah, I'm very. With no other guidance. That's what you have to remember. Yep. I had no guidance of how to handle that shit at all. Mm-hmm. I had no grandparents, FYI, guys. I had nobody besides my siblings. So it was mm-hmm. my siblings and I to yep. deal with this. And, you know, my mom would have sober moments, sober weeks, and then she wouldn't. Sober mm-hmm. days and then be high as fuck for weeks. Um, so at this time, my mom was probably spending our rent money on everything under the sun besides actual rent. So then we ended up getting evicted. Mm. And this is when I kind of moved in with Kelsey. Yeah. Because my mom was in this temporary state as well going into middle school. Yeah. Or excuse me, high school. And my mom 
yeah, she was just like, rent was never being paid on time. So we we're waiting for her to get evicted, essentially. I feel like she ended up moving into the motel right there by the by where Fred's is now, the one that's in downtown Palmer across the street from Cars, that motel, that Chinese restaurant. The Chinese restaurant motel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So she lived there for a little bit. I've lived in hotels three times out of my life. Wow. I lived in the Grand View. We lived at the Palmer one, and then we lived at um, what they what's Everett's now. Oh, okay. Yep. And so anyways, so my mom gets evicted. I celebrate. I do my eighth grade shit. I move in with Kelsey and Kelsey's dad was so nice at the time to even take me in to consider me, you know, thank God for the fucking parents that noticed some fucked up shit and, and didn't make you feel any type of way for it. No, but like at that time still, like my mom would call me and I would be like, Oh my God, I need to go home for a little bit. I need to go see my mom. I miss my mom. I need to go see her. I need to make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Like you said, it was the constant worry of like, is she dead? Yeah. Is she dying today? Is today like you were always day? in a struggle between doing what was best for you and trying to be there for her. Mm-hmm. Constantly my entire life, that whole codependent of this, I am my mom's person mm-hmm. and she is mine, you know, yeah. constantly forever, forever. I was stuck in this fucking habit of that, but resenting her at the same fucking time. Yeah, that you couldn't just have a normal mom who mm-hmm. invited you over to do exactly hang out. Exactly. Where the well, not even in, well, yeah, invited me over like now, but even like where's yeah. my fucking parent that has a house? Oh, this is stability. yeah, back then. Sorry, yeah, no, stability. no, totally. Where the fuck is that at? Why are the fuck are we living? Why in do I have room? to live at my other friend's house? Exactly. Yeah. Why? Why do I have to find fucking comfort in other people's moms? Because mm-hmm. my own mom's not even here right now. Like, what the yeah. fuck? And so, like, that was crazy. And then I ended up, you know, we ended up getting, I think my mom ended up moving to Everett's. And then I moved out of Kelsey's. And it was end of freshman year. I got with Chance. Mm -hmm. And then all these fucking crazy things were happening. And then I ended up moving in with Jade and her family. Mm -hmm. And because we were so, like, caught in this in-between state of, like, we had no fucking where to live. And then I was living with Tiffany as well Mm -hmm. in fucking Houston. Yeah. You know, and so, but my mom was still a full-blown addict at that time. Just never stopped. Never stopped. It was always trying to get her next fix and trying to raise a daughter. Mm-hmm. All at the fucking same time. With barely having a job. With barely having a job. Mm-hmm. And Tony never fucking working. Yeah. Never working. They got together in 2009. Mm-hmm. Never really worked. Ever. Yeah. Ever. And this is now 2013. Never yeah. worked. So that was fucking crazy. But then we end up getting a house in Big Lake. And then that was the most wildest time. I think that's where like a lot of trauma happened was me getting older and truly recognizing who my mom was when she was up, when she was down, what the fuck's going on. Oh, Tony went to jail. You're high on meth. I think that's when like nastier drugs got involved in our Mm -hmm. life was when we moved to Big Lake. Yeah. And so that was, in all of itself, was crazy. And so that was just wild. They ended up moving Tony's addict brother from Arizona who did heroin. They ended up doing heroin in the bottom bedroom. And I called them out. I threw all their shit out. I spit in their faces. I'm not, I fucking freaked the fuck out. Um, That was a crazy time of my life. With my really good friend, um, Raven at the time, was dealing with that as well with me. You know, and like you guys were in Palmer, you guys were also having jobs and figuring out your fucking life. And I'm over here battling this with chance, not really letting a lot of people in. No. Because it's just, it's a lot. No, and I remember at that time knowing that like, 
you needed somebody who was there. Yeah. And being with you in Big Lake, I knew that was where you wanted to be because that's where Chance was. And I was so glad you had Raven yeah. because it was just like I needed you to be okay. Yeah. And it, I knew I couldn't do it over text. Exactly. Exactly. And it was so wild at that time for all of us, you know, going battling through high school and you going to the middle college and mm -hmm. Brianna moved away and it was just, it just so, got crazy. It got so fucking crazy. Yeah. And then my mom ended up moving to Arizona my senior year. Mm -hmm. She fucking dipped because yep. we got evicted out yep. of the big lake house. We got evicted. And so she dipped. And then, so then chance, or I had to move in with Tiffany and then Chance was like actually you know what I'm fucking leaving my house because fuck my house too I'm going to live with you so then we all moved in with my sister and her six kids in a little fucking cabin mm -hmm. in Houston mm -hmm. as my mom is in Arizona supposedly she had gone to a psych ward for a little bit she's probably she's using mm -hmm. she's using I mean like that is continuously of my life she is using but god did it make life so much easier to not have that influence and to not have her around me mm -hmm. and be a phone call away or a text yeah. away and not full-on see her mm -hmm. in my presence yeah. at all and like when i graduated trying to fly her up here was a fucking mission in itself because mm -hmm. she was high well, as hell coming in and high as hell going home. Yeah. Don't know how the fuck she made it on those planes, but she did. Somehow, some way. Yeah. And she was just fucked up. And all she would blame it on was Benadryl. She's like, oh, it's Benadryl. I took Benadryl for my nerves. And it's like, no, bitch, you took like 20 no. Xanaxes. Don't fucking act like you took Benadryl. If you took Benadryl, you'd be passed out. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing, like, of dealing with my entire life of my mom just being a zombie and being freaky and doing crazy shit, losing. My mom has had all of her teeth removed. Um... So she would lose her dentures. She would lose hundreds of dollars. Like lose, like put it up because she thought someone was going to fucking take it from her and then could not tell me where she put it. Like that crazy shit, like that fucking, and then she would like hide her Xanax and then be like, oh my God, someone took my Xanax when no one fucking took it to begin with. Like so much crazy fucking crazy it's shit. Attic behavior. I think that I fucking have dealt with is just beyond me. Yeah. Beyond me. And so, um, Yeah. So like, yeah. Thinking then, about how I was yeah. and what I was dealing with, I don't think I would have handled it any differently. <laughs> I would have been so angry all the time. I would have screamed at her all the time, anytime. It just would have pissed me off to have to deal with basically a child. And it's constant manipulation. Mm. Constant manipulation. I mean, like now I guess we can even fast forward to what life was. I mean, she ended up moving back to Alaska. And then uh, she ended up going to a weird rehab where they put her on methadone. Oh, and God. then I, she moved back and she wasn't on Medicaid. So I spent $120 every single week for my mom to go and get her methadone. So wow. she wouldn't use, use quotations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I fucking, I drove her into Wasilla every fucking day. So she would go get her dose. Um, I ended up giving her a car. She wrecked it. And blamed that somebody had, a dog had pulled out in front of her and she fucking just totaled it. Um, I've done so much shit for that woman. Because it's like this weird guilt that you've been given because of the manipulation. Like it's just this weird guilt of like, do you want to see your parents struggle? Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's completely backwards. Yes. 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 Yeah. And so now, you know, my mom ended up staying in Alaska 
from that moment on, I think she ended up moving back like a year after what, 2017 after a year after we graduated, she ended up moving back. And, um, that shit went fucking crazy after that too. Of just now I was older. I had moved out. I was and a fucking adult. And you removed yourself And from I had it. removed myself from mm-hmm. it. And it was like, actually, fuck you. You don't get to do this anymore. And I'm not I your crutch. I don't have this for you anymore. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do. Figure it out yourself. Figure it out. And, but still like being sucked into manipulation as well. Like paying for her dog food and things like that. I would be sucked into. Yeah. You know, just those basic weird needs, but it's like, what the fuck are you doing where you can't afford dog food for your dog? Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like I have, I have like a lot more to talk about just because of the sheer fact that I have three parents yeah. that I dealt with instead yes. of the one. And my parents were not addicts, but you know, we had our share of trauma from them. And I think the one that I can relate to the most with your mom is my, my birth dad, um, who I don't talk to anymore. Um, and just the fact that like, he was a zombie. Some of the days we would go like towards the end of us going down to visit him. Cause my dad lived in Wisconsin most of the time. I yeah. mean, it was very similar. It was like every summer he moved to a new place and we were never in the same house because okay. When I asked my mom, I think, or I don't even know who I told me this, actually, just like, I was like, why do you think he moves all the time? And it's like, because he's not paying his rent and they're jumping out of the lease. Right. And just not saying anything. They're just leaving. And I remember having to pack up my step-siblings stuff because they would be at their dad's for the summer and we'd have to pack up their stuff and move. Like one time we moved across the country to Washington um and that was a story and a half um and it was just crazy always having to come and like him and my stepmom at the time were not they weren't that bad but you know it was always drinking with their friends or probably doing drugs I mean like there was a point where my stepmom really tried I think Mm. to make them not be a certain way but there's only so much you can do with a person like my dad He is another fucking story. I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like everything is happening to him, not for him. He doesn't look at life that way. It's always, why is this happening to me? Woe is me. Never trying to fix things yourself. Well, and I think that was like one thing that's so fucking crazy is that my mom manipulates in a weird way versus your dad is very cutthroat and Mm -hmm. fucking brutal. He's brutal. He, He, I mean... If you're not with him, you're against him type of shit. Yeah, super. Yeah, and he's very big on... Like, that's what started... Like, I had a decent... uh, I don't even want to say that. It was maybe a few years of decent. Because up till I was, like, 12 years old, I hated him. Because my mom was never shy about letting me know exactly who he was. Yeah. But she always wanted me to have a relationship with him. And it was just like my, my sister always wanted to go down. She knew everything I knew yeah. and she did not feel the same way I did, yeah. but I've always had a very fierce protection of my mother as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of like issues there too, like trying to be there for your mom when your mom should be there for you. And, and there's not, really the case that my mom wasn't there for me it was just like maybe there were times I didn't need to be there the way I was yeah. for her yeah kind of similar to you and your mom but I 
she let me know like what had happened between them because she did not want me to find out that like he had physically and mentally abused her from somebody else from someone else later down the line and be like what and then like have this man I love all of a sudden hate she didn't want to ruin it to ruin it but yeah I get that too he ruined it all on his own yeah but um you know there was I mean my parents when they'd get on the phone him and my mom Mm -hmm. screaming screaming he would scream at her that he would call her names just be brutal like he is with me now yeah and you know he started I kind of accepted at the 12 years old that he was no longer that man and he isn't he is not an abuser like that anymore he would never hit someone yeah I I mean he I don't think he ever hit my stepmom yeah that I know of. I'd have right. to talk to my step-sibs on that one. But um, they dealt with their shit a whole lot more. Yes. I, yes, I would they did, they love were... to talk to my step-siblings about the differences between our childhoods sometime, yeah. you know, on a podcast if they were comfortable. But but I was only there in the summer with my sister, and I just accepted, like, hey, he does all this for me. He Not once has he never not loved me or told me or... I was always very top of his priority when I was there. Me and my sister, I mean, we were. And he always made sure to let us know how special we were to him. And it was, that's where it's hard is because you have these parents who shower you with love and yet do things that hurt you. Yeah, because it was like hard. Like I even have this realization now. I mean, even when I was younger was like, do you really love me though? Mm -hmm. Do you love me enough? to quit the drugs and deal with your fucking trauma. Exactly. Like, and that's another thing. My mom is 60, not 60. She is 50. Almost. Oh my God. My mom was born in 67. What does that make her? 56. I think some shit like that, right? Mm -hmm. 56, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And she has 56 years worth of trauma that she has never fucking dealt with. Not one ounce. How sad is that? To just be reliving the same cycle. Uh, like it breaks my heart. And that's like one thing that I have learned to accept that it, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. And I have, and I hate that that's the primary feeling that mm-hmm. I have for my dad is pity. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, I don't have sadness necessarily for yeah. him in the whole sense. Cause it's not like, oh, this is happening to you. Like you let the things that happen happen or you make them happen yeah like with my dad he's currently burned pretty much every bridge that man had yep and to the point where even though we're not talking he's still trying to rely on me for money and other things and I'm like where do you think in your head that this is gonna go over well for you and he's so foul foul he I I mean so going back a little bit he I had a couple good years and I can get along with my dad like no other. We are kindred souls. Mm. Kindred souls. I mean, like, he understands me in a way that I feel like some people don't. And he could be my best friend. He could be my best friend. And I hope he hears this and it breaks him down. Because I could be there. We could have the relationship he wants. But he fucks it up over and and over again. He won't get help. He won't actually... That's the thing with him and your mom. Like, he won't stay on his meds. He is a uh, bipolar, psychotic one. Yeah. And he revels almost in that fact 
he uses it as a crutch yeah. for his whole life. Been on disability since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Barely worked. Can never keep a job because something always happens. And it's like, you know, this is the same story you've given me every time at some point. It's like the boy who cried wolf. I, yeah. I'm not going to come for you anymore. Yeah. And I think what really set it off is like a couple, God, it's almost 10 years ago now. It just, time Whoa. keeps going. But yeah, maybe like six, seven uh, yeah, about seven, eight, seven-ish years ago, he started really getting on me and getting angry with me if I didn't, like, yeah. call him a- enough. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I would feel bad about it. I, again, I had, I have so much guilt with my parents and feeling like I need to be there for them and I need to be perfect for them. Yeah. And so we had had a good relationship, and of course I didn't want him to feel like I didn't love him, and that's basically how he was putting it was that I didn't love him as much and so I wouldn't call him and so he I would try and call him and call him and and you know try and make it up and then I mean I was never like I didn't get pushed around the same way my my younger siblings did with it they would cater to him for a lot longer yeah but it was actually not me who cut him off for the first time it was one of my younger sisters and um I kind of feel like that is what really started it it was the loyalty thing he kept trying to say I wasn't loyal to him because I would go see my parents in Alaska my stepdad and my mom for much longer periods of time than I would see him which yeah. was like I'd Fucking see weird. I'd go to Alaska for like, like two weeks which I'm sorry included my friends like Tyra and Kelsey and yeah anyone else my sister who was here maybe for a little bit and I was I had to tell him that I was like it's not just them I'm visiting but yeah I go camping with my parents I go hiking with my parents we do things we play board games we you know what do you have planned while we're here oh you're gonna go sleep and pass out for the next 10 hours probably while I entertain myself like I can't think about how many summers we spent while he was passed out in the back while my stepmom was at work and we're just playing on video games or playing outside or, or watching TV. Hey dad, we're going to go walk to the gas station yep. in town. Yep. And he doesn't care. He's mm-hmm. not doing anything. The TV's yep. blaring constantly yeah. and he's just passed out all the time. Right. And I'm, I'm sure like, I guess I, I said, I don't have addict parents. I, I take that back. He was definitely has been an addict in his life. It's not the same as your mom where it pervades everything. Right. Cause he but like, he's abused his Xanax and yeah. he's abused his, he would sell his pills and mm-hmm. shit. Uh, just to get money yeah and um abuse the system abuse the system and he was still on heavy like probably lithium and a lot of other hard bipolar drugs that keep you in a zombified state and it was just like he was and like the biggest thing too is he didn't they didn't care about how my younger brother my youngest brother was being raised like, and I remember dreaming about the fact I was like 12 years old and I was like, count out the years, like how old is Gavin going to, or yeah, when I, how old is my brother going to be when I am 18 so I can get him out of there because I don't want him raised like that. Yeah. And yet by the time he's 12, he's not going to want to live with me. I didn't realize, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, you're just trying to think and that's just another yeah. toll of what older sisters take on mm-hmm. as well. Like I think of Sandy and Tiffany of having to take that on of like, oh my God, what the fuck? What is Tyra dealing with? Why the fuck does she have to deal with this too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that's what I feel so bad for my youngest brother because he dealt with, I mean, he's had, I mean, me and my sister have had trauma but we were so far removed from that section of it yeah. that 
it, you know, it's a blessing, but he had like full on brunt and lived with my dad till he was like 16, 17 years old and alone most of the time. And I can't imagine how lonely that was just being there. It was probably very similar to yours. Yeah. Going to random people's houses, mm-hmm. having random people come over. Yeah. And no then, wonder he's always in his room exactly, playing video games. Exactly. And just probably found an escape. Escape. Yeah. With video games. You know, and I totally get that. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I'm really proud of who he is now. Um, he doesn't live with my dad anymore. And I think he's the only one of us who talks to him out of five, well, six of us now. But that's a story for another time. But, you know, my dad, Josh, was a very complicated figure in my life. And over the years, I would, I think my sister cut ties with him and was like, that's it. I'm, I'm actually done. I don't actually need you in my life at all. You're not serving me. You don't serve me any purpose. No good purpose anyways. Mm -hmm. And she started her healing and her boundaries and, and that really has taught me a lot. I go to her for a lot of things because she's just very wise on boundaries and how to be there for yourself. And, um, when you cut top, when you hurt my sister (laughs) from the minute she came out, she was mine. She was my thing, my person. And if you mess with her, I would get extremely angry. She was talking to me about our 10-year-old cousin being a brat to her and my mom the other day. And I wanted to call my cousin and be like, what's your problem? (laughs) But she's 10 years old. Like, I just, I have this fierce, like, desire to, like, just be a bulldog for whoever they're up against. Yeah. And so she cut ties with him and he... He kind of went off and tried to say she wasn't his after years of him knowing. And yeah. like, we're you can't we're not say that past yeah. 18 yeah. at this point, we're, we're adults, and he's trying to claim that she's not his. And that set me off. And from there, he never, I just was like, I'm not talking to you until you admit that you're wrong. You know, I'm like not doing yeah. this, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of. Being having a relationship with me when you're so easily could cut ties with your own fucking daughter, I'm not gonna talk to you and put and have encourage you. And so over the years, uh, the last like five years, I've tried to talk to him or he's tried to talk to me. And we'll, we'll I think there was only one point from like last July to about October where we were good, and and then it just was like you're the one who didn't, he got all upset. He's like, so you're not talking to me now. And I'm like, you're the one who hasn't said anything to me. And that's what it was. Is like, even when he got upset in the beginning where he's like, Oh, you're not calling me. You're not loyal to me. It's like, okay, but when have you ever been loyal to me? When do you call me? Mm-hmm. And I asked his own mother, like his stepmom, but still like his mom and was like, you know, how do I go through this? How do I, you know, how do you tell someone that you love Cause I did love him. I loved him so much. Right. And then how do you tell someone you love? You're never going to love them the way they want you to. Like he wanted me, he wanted me to love him more than my mother. Yeah. And my mother has been the only constant person I feel in my parenting. Yeah. And my dad, my dad, my stepdad is very constant. It's just that it was a much more turbulent relationship. Yeah. Whereas my mom, it was like, it was always easy. Cause I could see her side more. 
Oh, yeah. And than any of theirs. Yeah. And so it, and she was so much more level headed than yeah, you're either talking, of my fathers. Talking about fucking a sober woman, too. Yeah, a sober woman. She doesn't, <laughs> I mean, she never, she never drinks. Barely. And she, you know, she doesn't, like, barely. Like, she would get tipsy on tequila every once in a while. Right, right. But it was hilarious. But no, my mom's, she's a very sober person. She does not fuck around. And, I mean, she doesn't have any judgment towards people who do, but it's just not for her. It never has been. Um, Or maybe it was when she was younger and now she's done with it, you know. She used to smoke. She quit. You know, she's always had that. But I I just, I was never going to love her him the same way as the person who raised me yeah you know and that it's just I all I have for him now is pity that he made his life the way it is and that he lives in this existence and that yeah his soul is stuck yeah yeah and I feel for him Mm -hmm. I don't want him (laughs) like I think one of the messages he sent me recently was because he he had called me and wanted me to pay for a rental car because his car shit the bed and his shoulder got broken or ripped out. I don't know if some muscle got fucked up and so he couldn't work and he was four hours away from home and he wanted me to pay for a rental car and he's like, I've got money. I'll pay you. And it's like, then pay for your own fucking rental car. Yeah. You, Uh, you, we have not been fucking talking. I don't know why you think this is okay. Exactly. And I said, I don't have any money for you. And he's like, I don't know why I even thought to call you and hung up on me. And I was like, I was just laughing. I was just like, (laughs) I don't know either, bro. (laughs) I don't know. And then he messages me maybe two, three weeks later, and he's like, I almost died a couple weeks ago. Not that you yeah, cared. Yeah. And I was, I just, I, I, I he's just so took a screenshot on Snapchat so he could see it and I could send it to my friends. And I don't even care. I'm just like, fuck you. Fuck you. I'm not here for you to be this way. Yeah. I don't deserve to be treated no, that way. Oh my God. I don't deserve to be called the names and yeah. and made to feel bad because you don't aren't happy with how our relationship turned out. Exactly. Because I tried. Yeah. I tried. And and like honestly, I feel like that's like the least of my trauma. <laughs> right. I I don't feel like things are as bad as they used to be, but I remember growing up, my parents, my mom and my stepdad had a super, super tumultuous relationship. And what I always tell people, because my parents are getting a divorce, they're separated for maybe the past three years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And things are so much better. I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if anyone's seen that TikTok or whatever where the girl comes in and she's, it's the oldest daughter and she's like, honey, I don't know how to tell you this, but we're getting a divorce. And all the girl can do is smile. And she's like, really? Are you, wait, really? <laughs> and she's so ecstatic and she like calls her brother and she's like, oh my God, they're getting a divorce. Like, it's happening. And it was just like, I wanted my parents to get a divorce from <laughs> God, since I was, like, 10 years yeah. old or yeah. less, nine even, I was, like, I don't want you guys to be this like, way. No, I don't want this for you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've always wanted them to find their people. And I was, like, I know you love each other. And that's the hard part is my parents are not getting a divorce because they don't love each other. My parents love each other. They are each yeah. other's best friend. Yes. But they cannot respect each other. Yeah. Cannot. Not they as do lovers. not have respect yeah. for each other. 
and they can't understand the the, the communication is where it is and it it is communication is key and if you're not willing to work on your communication nothing will change exactly nothing will change and it didn't and it didn't it got worse Mm -hmm. over the years and I remember and I think divorce was always on my mind too because my mom touted it to my father all the time she's like I'm gonna get a divorce from you I'm gonna you know and that that has a mental effect on the whole family it does when you threaten that so willy-nilly all the time and then never do anything about it and it's like, why even say it? If yeah. you, it, it's an empty threat just to hurt someone at that point. Yeah. And it, and it. I remember the first time was very traumatic. I think me and Kaylee were like six or seven, five or six. I think six and seven. I think I was seven, and we were because we were still in booster seats, and okay. we were in the back of the Durango. And I remember my parents were screaming at each other and it was like raining outside and I, and me and my sister are crying in the back seat. And, um, because my mom, I think that's the first time she started saying we should get a divorce Uh, and they'd barely been together for like three years at that point, mm, married. Okay. And, um, my dad pulled out over to the side of the road and got out and my mom got out and went after him and they left us in the car with the doors wide open on the side of the road and we it was dark out we couldn't see them we had no idea where they were and we were just bawling our eyes out and I just remember how scared I was that I wouldn't see them again because I you know you're seven you don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. and you know eventually they got back in the car and we went on with our fucking life just to do it all over again every day every day and that's what I hate is like my parents want me to remember all the good times and they want, they don't like when I say it was every day, but I'm like, I'm sorry. It was 89% of the days. So, uh, it was most days Yeah, there was a fight and it's always over something so small, so tiny, so small. It's never anything big. It's never like a real issue. That's the thing is like, I think that's why they kept going is because they didn't think they had a real issue because the only things they fought about was stupid little things. But like, it's like if you can't even get past the, the stupid little, little things, things, how do you handle the big ones? The big ones. ones. Yeah. And the big ones came. I mean, they right. would build up on their own. And, and the little things build up into big things on their yeah. if you don't pay attention to them. Right. So you're on this brink of literally fight or flight constantly mm-hmm. through your guys' life. Yeah. Every and, day. And there were things, too. Like, I didn't, like... Uh, and it was the same, like I said, I'm a bulldog for my mom and my sister and I always have been. And so if, and so I have this stepdad who, albeit I called him dad first. I knew this man was my father. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Knew this man was my father in a way that my real father was never. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more complicated, but at the same time you come at my sibling or my siblings or my mom Mm -hmm. and I will go for you. Yeah. And so there was, I think as I became older, even like. 10 years old because I remember being in our Crimson View house which we moved into when I was in fourth grade and I was already fighting with dad then yeah. and and I, I don't know if it was right at fourth grade but fifth and sixth and up and I was remember. fighting and screaming with them yeah I was getting in the middle of their fights telling them to shut up and that they needed to stop because my parents would scream at each other for literal hours, hours. and it was just such a toxic environment sometimes because it was, you know, my sister holed herself up in her room and never really came out. 
didn't bother, but I could not sit there and listen to the insults that he hurled at her. Mm-hmm. And she hurled back. Like, right. I'm, I'm old enough now to know it was takes two to tango. Yeah. But for me then, of course, I was just upset, especially because a lot of the fighting happens because my dad has so much anxiety and he can't handle negativity well. And mm-hmm. I think I get that from him too. Oh, yeah. Um, he cannot handle negativity well. It gives him extreme anxiety. And I think that's why I never handled my mom's negativity because my mom can be hella negative sometimes. Yeah. And so they're just caustic for each other. Yep. And he would you're just not having, blow up. Yeah, you're not having somebody thing. be able to pull you out of the negative. You're, mm-hmm. You have, like, I don't even, like catapulting. Catapulting into it. In a weird way, but trying to limit it, but not. But Yeah. yeah. Well, and I would, I mean, there were times, and you said holidays were bad for you, traumatic. I mean, every Christmas. I hate Christmas. I could give a shit less about Christmas because we would just end up fighting every time. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many days and how many holidays I spent walking down the road waiting till I couldn't hear them anymore. Just keep walking. Because I could hear them for houses and houses screaming at each other. And I had left the house and they didn't even care. Right. They just kept, I was like, I would, I would try and stop it that way and be like, I'm going, I'm leaving if you don't stop right now. And And then they wouldn't stop. So I left. Yeah. And it just, that's, it's just sad because you want, you want them to care. And I think that's something I told my sister was, you know, I wanted it to be enough. Yeah, I shouldn't have been in the fight. Yeah, I should have known better. But nobody stopped me. I mean, they yeah. tried. Yeah. But if you're going to keep fighting, I'm going to keep fighting. Yeah. You're at only showing point, me at that this is okay. Is it like, well, and like, I mean, I was just telling you the other day was Thrasher is so keen to watching people now. And yeah. I'm embarrassed when Chance and I just play tickle, play fight and get rough. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed when he looks over at us or we say something foul. Like, it's a joke. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're such an asshole. And Thrasher is looking at us. And I know he doesn't know what that means. But I could – it mortifies me now that I, I'd call his dad an asshole. Like, what the – In front of him. Yeah. So to just let that get so escalated and out of control and to let her come into it, mm-hmm. you, her, into it, and just let it happen – to ha- imagine Thrasher in the middle of you guys Hell screaming no. at each other. Oh no. It would stop. It would stop right there. You would you would put it away for a minute. Embarrassing. You, you would be like, we need to talk about this later and you need to go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is it's like it didn't stop and it didn't stop them. And I think that's all I wanted was for it, it to be enough that yeah. their daughter was screaming with them but- that it it stopped them and would realize, and then it didn't. And I, it, it took till we went to family therapy, I think when I was 15, and I was talking with my therapist, and I just realized how deeply ingrained in their relationship I was because there was a lot of things my parents did that was kind of, in a way, traumatizing, but not in, like, the most traumatizing way. Like, I, I do think I had a very good life. 
uh, compared to a lot of people. Like my parents were extremely loving. Yes, they had fights and yes, they screamed and screamed at us right. when we didn't do things they wanted. Like my dad was a hard ass for chores yeah, he was. and he would freak out at that too. Mm-hmm. And so that would cause a fight between my parents too. Cause my mom again would be like, don't scream at my fucking daughters that way. Yeah. And you know, but anyways, I didn't realize how much emphasis I put on their relationship affecting my life and being so intertwined with myself and my identity was their issues because my parents would even it was kind of traumatizing not in the most traditional sense but traumatizing in a way that it stuck with me and my sister so that it was like we were told we have money problems we as a family are broke right we can't afford this not oh me and your dad can't afford this it's us all of us are broke and so it was like it was like this poverty mindset from the beginning Mm -hmm. and like things like that where it's just like I took on the responsibilities of the household on my shoulders it felt like that it was partly firm I couldn't ask for that or I couldn't ask I never asked for allowance money I never was because I didn't want to break the bank. I didn't mm-hmm. want to, I thought that if I did, like it would, you know, and so people always say, oh, you guys are spoiled. But then I look at these other kids and I'm just like, no way, because I didn't even think that we could afford to be spoiled. Like, like yes, we were loved overly. That's where I'm like, okay, spoiled mentally? Like, yeah. Spoiled, like with love? Yeah. Yeah. Like, materialized items. I do not believe that. No, we were not. And it was just because we could not. And that's fine. I have no resentment right, towards right, that. Right. But there were things like that with their relationship that my but it shouldn't have been put on, put on No, you. it shouldn't have been put on us. And things like with their relationship, it you know, it was a lot of you girls this and you girls that. And it was it was just very hard to detach myself from the fact that like they have their own issues and it has nothing to do with me. And I stopped caring if they got a divorce. I stopped caring if they were together. I stopped caring if they fought. I think I still got into it a couple times over the years with them because I just could not help myself at that point. It was an ingrained habit to scream and be part of it um, because I just, like I said, I was so angry. And I remember like even sometimes where your mom was just so exhausted Mm-hmm. exhausted you could hear it in her voice mm-hmm. like come on knock it off like can we just move past can we this just, you know tyra's here why are we doing this company is mm-hmm. over yeah a lot of my friends know exactly what happened in our house you know? um, and, and, I and think... that was embarrassing too i'd have friends over we'd be sitting downstairs on the couch just listening to my parents scream yeah and so then it was like okay let's leave so it's like none of it was enough, and that always I think that just pissed me off more that there was nothing, nothing that was going to stop them, yeah, from screaming at each other. Yeah. I I mean, and that's why I always thought it was so funny that my mom tried to hide it from the rest of our family that it was that bad. I mean, like a lot of her family knew, but I don't feel like my dad's family knew how bad it was until that, you had that bl- big blowout. Big blowout, moment. yeah, and that's a whole thing, yeah, in whole thing in itself, but. Over the time, I think, you know, I moved away at 18, and that was probably the worst year ever, and, um, you know, because my parents just took it so personally, and 
I was called like a narcissist over and over again and we got into fights constantly. Now they had something to fight with me about instead of them fighting uh, together. Right. They had they were angry at me for right. for this and they would be on common ground and get into a fight with me because it was so easy to get into a fight with me. I mean, like I'm very emotional mm-hmm. and I could be driven to that easily. Yeah. yeah. And you have I was feelings. rude. I was rude as can be. I mean, the way, I mean, for all I would say to Tyra about don't talk to your parents that way, then there's me over here calling them assholes and yes. literally cussing them out and, you know, telling them to shut up. Dream. You're just yeah. trying to fucking follow your dream is what you're trying to do. And so I was just trying to leave and get out and I didn't want, but at the same time, my family is so tight knit. Mm-hmm. We did everything together. Yeah, scary. it was scary. I didn't want to lose them at the same time. And they didn't want to lose you. And no. so all they could do was just be mean because they didn't want to lose you. Yeah. And hurt, like you said in the first hurt, episode, hurt, hurt people, people hurt, hurt people. And over the years, you know, having the distance, there was a point in my life right around the same time I was not sure about my dad, Josh. I kind of told my dad, Jake, hey, I need time to figure out what I even want out of this relationship and if it's worth it to me. And my dad, Jake, actually took it really well. I mean, I know he's not perfect, but he cares about me. Yeah, he does. I am his daughter. Mm -hmm. And he would put me and my sister above all else. Yeah, yeah, he would. He might not know how. Right, right. right. (laughs) But he would if he could. And like you said, it's that weird lack of communication and him being self-aware. Yeah. I don't think he's self-aware and doesn't want to be. No, because I think it's too hard. It's, it's a lot like hard. your mom. Yeah, it's too Not hard. dealing with the trauma, not mm-hmm. dealing with his feelings. Yeah. And my dad's had a pretty sad life, too. Like, I have a lot of pity for my, my stepdad. I want him to have a happier life than he has. But yeah. he's also somebody who never quits. Mm-mm. He never quits. He he might have lulls, yeah. but he'll get right back up and start doing it again. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? Yeah. Stop. Yeah, right. Very yeah. true. Yeah, and true. so, I mean, I think I got a lot of my endurance from him. Yes. And he, found, <laughs> he found a lot of joy in getting outside and doing things, and he always wanted us to do things as a family. It was very important to him, no matter how hard, even when the rest of the family is like, why, we're just going to fight. <laughs> yeah, he was really the underdog at trying. Trying. Even though, like, low-key, he would start them, but. Yeah, yeah, he, he. He didn't know. He had love and compassion somewhere He does, there. and he cared enough to take what I said when I said, I need a minute to not be talking to you, whereas my dad, Josh, immediately freaked Would, out and, and called me a bunch exactly, of names and told exactly. me I was being an exactly. asshole, basically. Exactly. And so it was just like, okay, I see who cares for me and who doesn't. Yeah, because he you still respected. wants a relationship with you. Exactly, and, and it, it wasn't sense. until his dad died that it kind of broke my heart looking at him with his dad and realizing that like his, you know, cause no matter how hard his relationship was with his dad, he loved his parents so much and loved to talk to his dad and keep up with him. And I know that's all he wants from us is undying love yeah. and that he'll do whatever it takes to keep it. Yeah. But like, I, I almost want to say, it. yeah, unconditional, but undying just because he, his parents could cast him out, and I think he'd still try to call him because yeah. he doesn't give up on you. Yeah. He he no, just he doesn't. doesn't. No, he doesn't. I, that's for fucking sure. I have yeah. seen that full firsthand. Yeah, and he. But over the years, it just was like I started with him because he was the one I had the biggest issues with. Yes. 
and I didn't even know how to talk to him anymore after years and years of screaming at each other. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to talk to him without it being a fight, and he didn't know how to talk to me, and there was a lot of issues with, like, me reminding me of, or me reminding him of my mother, um, and he can barely stand to be around both of us sometimes. Yeah. Because it's just very triggering for him because we're very similar in the way that we talk to him and the way that we engage with people, you know, and, but I think what I wanted to touch on after kind of going through all that is just like, it is possible to work on things. And I did have to reach out to my resources and my sister, especially who's good at boundaries and that like, I didn't have boundaries for the longest time. And I, so I started with my parents and I think this last year, two years, has been really hard with my mom, which I never wanted that to be the case. Well, you moved back home. Yep, yep. And so it was like I could ignore the issues I had with my mom because they weren't right in my face. Yeah. But then she just has a really hard time feeling like – both of them feel like I'm very negative about my life. And I think I just want acknowledgement that this – sucked and this happened and I just don't want I'm done pretending like it doesn't happen still yeah and I'm done pretending that it didn't happen yeah because I feel like we were told constantly well you have such a good life it's like okay yeah but Mm -hmm. I'm still allowed to feel shitty about the shitty parts yeah and I think I just haven't gotten over that yet is that I just want to feel heard. I want it to change still. Yeah. And I'm kind of accepting that I need to just let some things go because it's just, it's not going to change the fact that it happened. And you don't need that forgiveness. You don't need it. You don't need it to fucking move on. No, I I need to just forgive myself for who I was, forgive them for who they were and move on to a better, and move on. Like that's one thing like with my mom, I have not spoken to my mom since September 11th, Mm -hmm. almost a year when I brought Thrasher home. That was the last night I had ever spoken a word to my mother. Um, cause I had realized, I mean, a lot of things had came to a head at that point, but that was when I realized like, this is my child and God forbid you fucking living with me and fucking up my peace with my child. And building up my child just to fucking knock him down and be manipulative and make empty promises with him like you did the rest of your grandkids. Like, you don't deserve that from me. No. You don't deserve it at all whatsoever. Or from him. Or from him. And it sucks. It breaks my heart so much because my mom texts me about almost every day, guys. Every day. She has something to update me on that she loves and that she misses me and she wishes... I didn't hate her and all this shit, but like my mom's one to, if we were sober and I had to talk about like shittiness that happened, she would just be like, well, at least you had good birthdays. Yeah. Well, at least you had this. And it's like, well, my birthdays were never really on my birthday because you were always so broke that I would typically spend my birthday a month early or a month late because Mm -hmm. you were that broke. Yeah. And so we always had to plan it around birthday, like paychecks. And so, like, that was fucking shit. But why, I just don't understand why they feel like they can wipe away all the, and I get that. I get, I mean, as a parent, someday, I hope that my kids can look at the good and hope that that was worth it. And I do. I just wish it wasn't at the cost of my feelings. Mm -hmm. 
and that they could sit down for one second and say, I'm sorry that we couldn't stop fighting for you to have a normal childhood. Yeah, like how hard is that? And then, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> it's really fucking hard, I guess. And just be open and honest about it and and not, and then I could, and then I could want to just be like, I'm sorry that I was that daughter who made things worse. Right. Because I didn't help. Yeah. One bit. Yeah. And I just want that. But then again, I feel like they have. They've tried, I mean, at least my mom has tried to make me feel like she has atoned. <laughs> you know, but right. and that's a healing process too that you want yeah, to touch and, on. And that. I think that I think that it just one thing is if you're if you're going through this with your parents and you want a relationship with them and you think it's worth having a relationship and it's with healthy. them, it needs to be healthy. Then you have to have grace for them. You cannot look at them as the villain in your story all the time mm-hmm. because they're people too, and they had their own trauma mm-hmm. and they had their own. You know, my mom had nobody showing her how to parent. Exactly. And my dad, you know, he didn't even start out with us. We were like three and four when yeah. he met us, or three and two. And so he came all of a sudden being thrust into parenthood yeah. in their mid-20s, yeah. had no idea what they were doing, yeah. and were broke as shit. We mm-hmm. were homeless three times, yeah. living in tents and stuff. I mean, I never felt without a home like, yeah. I can't emphasize how much love, how much love I had in my life. Yeah. I mean, it was never a question. It it was not, like, I might have felt unworthy of love. Yeah. But I did not doubt that my parents loved me. Yeah. And that is That's something special. you just don't get all the time. No. You don't get it because... Yeah, do I wish they loved me enough to stop fighting and be good parents for me, good relationship for me and my sister to experience and show us what that looked like? But I can't change that, and I can't change the fact, or I can't deny the fact that they tried. Yeah. You know, they did try. And I think that you have to remember that, and you have to give grace for yourself too. And that's what I got to do with my mom. Like my mom fucking tried her fucking best with the tools that she had. That's mm-hmm. 100% for sure. Like, holy fuck. Do I think, yeah, okay. I would have done things differently, obviously, but like to have my, my soulmate ripped from my fucking life at mm-hmm. 32 years old and raised. How would you handle it? Alone. Yeah. How, how does someone handle that? Yeah. Already going through the, some most traumatic shit fucking ever. Yeah. And then have the love of your life be taken And then away have from all you. these kids that look like him and look and like be, you and, and all this. Represent like, your love. Exactly. Exactly. What does that even fucking look like? I don't know. And I, I feel hope, like. I hope I never know. Never find out. I hope I never fucking do. So I'll give my mom that grace. And I'll mm-hmm. give her the grace of that she has needs that need to be met. Mm-hmm. And that she's thinking about me. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like you have to make that decision what's healthy for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never know if it's forever. But no. sometimes you do just need to have a break from that influence and in your life. That, and it, it was so back and forth. She'll have her sober days and then she won't be fucking sober. Like, that's not fair. That no. is not, that's not what I call healthy at all. Mm-mm. Once I see my mom sober for a year, maybe we'll talk. Yeah. But will I ever see that? I don't, I don't count on it. Right. I really, truly don't. Well, and that's like, I hold out for my dad, Josh, mm-hmm. and I'll never, I'm, you know, I've been shown love, like I said, so deep love from my whole family, but I won't encourage behavior anymore. So like, even with my dad or my mom or my birth dad, 
it's just like I you have to have boundaries you have to have limits to what you'll put up with yeah. yeah and usually a lot of people can't do that until they're adults yes but if you can make it to adulthood and you can set boundaries and be like hey I'd love to have you in my life but I will not have you in my life in this way yeah 100% like that took me and my sister a long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I mean, it's just the straw that breaks yeah, the camel's Tiffany's back. Yeah, what Tiffany's thirty-two, cut her out when she was thirty-one, mm-hmm. like thirty-one years of abuse, mm-hmm. thirty-one years, you know. And for me, it was twenty-four. So it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's heavy. It's so much, and I miss my mom every day of my fucking life. Yeah, I wish I could call her right now and tell her about all these things of what we're doing and what Thrasher's doing and how exciting this life is. But she doesn't get that. She doesn't deserve it at all whatsoever. And maybe. You know, when I constantly, I even told my therapist this, which I know this episode's kind of long, but this is a very heavy, heavy topic. topic. Yeah. And I tell her, I'm like, why can't my mom just be dead already? What is the point of her being alive for anymore? Who is it for? Mm-hmm. And I know that's her course. That's her life. That's her goal. That's her karmic balance is on her. But it's like, I guess it's more of like me. It's like, holy fuck, this hurts me too much. Can she just be done? Can can we just be done with this fucking So I have no part? choice in the matter. Yeah, because I can't do this. This fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, it fucking sucks. I cry about it every week in therapy because it just is such an... It's also like also an embarrassing topic as well. It's embarrassing and it fucking sucks. And if she was just dead, then maybe then I would have the closure that I fucking needed because then I'd know she'd be listening to me right now. Talk about her. Yeah, and, and she'd be in a better place. Exactly. We would hope. We would fucking hope. I think that's point. all you really want is her in a better place where she's constantly. not hurting herself constantly or hurting other people. people constantly. And 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 I can't relate to that necessarily, but yeah. that's because death scares the shit out of me, and I, I hope no one ever dies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's my unrealistic issues. But I feel like. Want to do that one? Trying to avoid. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, you know, and like even like that was another thing I think I had talked to Sandy about long time ago. Like Sandy was just a, she's like at least your parents taught you what you don't want. Mm. At least your mom had lived this life, so then you know exactly what the fuck not to do. So thank you for that. Thank you for at least teaching me that, and so that I know that when I look at my son, like I, I physically and mentally in my heart how the fuck can I look at him and just leave him and just leave him and leave him because I had been through too much shit. Like what the, like what the fuck? What or the try fuck? To, or put your own issues ahead of him. Oh, oh my God. Never, mm-hmm. never would I, and you know, and that's hard too, because like did my, my mom, we were broke a lot, obviously mm-hmm. fucking broke all the time. But yeah, my mom afforded things, whether that was selling pills or whatever, have you not and shit. I mean, we, we got social security from my dad. Mm-hmm. So my mom got a check and I got a check. So my mom got $1,800 a month mm-hmm. from my dad's social security. So like, I mean, of course I would get the basic necessities and I would get everything that I ever fucking wanted and dreamed of. My mom would find a way to fork it out at some point in my life and would give me what I needed. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, her needs needed to be met first. Yeah. At the end of the day, truly though, that, because it's like, what were my needs? My needs were wants. Yeah. They were fucking wants. They were trying to fill that hole. Exactly. Uh, What I needed was a mom present. Yeah. 
and to tell me to shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down, do your fucking homework Mm -hmm. and do your fucking chores. But instead it was like, I feel so bad because my needs are already being met. So I'm going to try to scoop up. Because I didn't meet your needs. Now I have to overcompensate. Exactly. Exactly. So I hope I don't do that with my fucking kid. And I just hope that he, and that's another thing. My child will never have to question his worth Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Over whether something was more important in his life. I'm sorry, I'm gonna get emotional because this is fucking like it breaks my heart that I have that I had to always think that things were more important than you than me. I'm her fucking kid. Like, like that was like one fucking thing I posted on Instagram. Like, okay, yeah, daddy issues fucking suck, but this woman carried me for nine fucking months in her body. In her fucking body. And I don't know what mom out there, I mean, you know, and that's like a whole fucking another topic of fucking drug addict moms that do heroin with their babies. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you literally have this half, half of you fucking legit created that, that person was in you and you have this connection. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? You could never. Exactly. Exactly. Like moms just, they just give up their babies. I don't get it. Yeah. I truly don't fucking understand that. So that's just, I guess... What What I'm really trying to avoid is my child ever having this weird hole in his heart of if his mom fucking really loves him or loves the drug more, loves the the materialistic item more than like, no, my child will never, never nothing more important. Exactly. And I think that's why I want my, that's what I, you know, my parents want me to focus on the good and it's like, I don't have to because the good was always there. Oh, obviously. It was it's not a question for me whether I was loved, mm-hmm. whether I had a good life. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm never trying to say I had a bad life. Mm-mm. I'm just trying to say it was traumatic sometimes and that and it affected dealing me. dealing with it And still. I'm still dealing with it because I don't know. I still don't know who I am outside of their relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure myself out mm-hmm. since I was 15. It's only been 10 years of kind of being like, okay, this is not me. Yeah. This is them. And trying to figure out who do I want to be instead of, you know, trying to please them all the time. That was the other thing. I had so much guilt and wanted, I, all I wanted was for them to be proud of me and I wanted, I never wanted to disappoint them. All they could say was I'm disappointed in you and it would break me inside, break me to my core because I don't think they, and I think that was manipulative. Mm -hmm. I really do because they knew that that would break me every time and that I would quit whatever I was doing and that I would do better because all I wanted was to be worthy of their love and acceptance because I have my own issues from the beginning. I don't think they gave these to me that I was just not worth the time people spent. And you have a mom who was like, I came from a shitty, shitty situation. You need to do better, babe. Yeah, it was always, it was always like push, 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 push. Yeah. And never realizing truly that, that it cut you. Yeah. Because all she's like, well, all I wanted was better. Was best for you. Exactly. That's all I wanted. And it's like, but mom, I know it's hard to really. Sometimes you have to let me figure that out for myself instead of pushing things on me. And and, and that's hard too. Yeah, because like I said, she didn't know. There's never ill intent ever. No, I don't mind. think. Yeah. I don't think my parents ever meant for these things to affect us the way they did. Mm-hmm. But they do. I mean, the reasons that I do things, the reason that I have issues in certain places, the reason I project yeah. onto my husband. Mm-hmm. You know oh the God, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I feel the that. issues that you 
you're like, you're just going to be just like them. And it's like, no, you know, and that's kind of what I want to do different is, you know, Nick and I talk a lot about what we're going to do as parents. And I, I appreciate that from him so much because I think because of the things I saw and the behavior I saw, I just don't want that. I don't want my kid to be scared that their parents aren't going to be together. Exactly. I don't want them to want us to not be together because we're so bad for each other sometimes. I just don't want to have fighting around them. I don't want to be screaming. And honestly, we don't fight like that. No. Nick is not somebody who would get into a screaming match. No. I mean, if I make him yell, I have pushed his buttons to no end. He is at the end of his rope if he's screaming at me. Right. And it's only happened maybe twice that he's ever, and it's only like one yell, one stream of a sentence, and then he's done, and I realize, oh fuck, I'm my parents in this moment. I'm becoming my parents, not him becoming them. I'm forcing him into that situation. Yeah, because it's all you know. It's what's comforting. It is. It's a weird fucking thing. Well, yeah. And my therapist even said, she's like, okay, all right, fight, fight. But you also can make up in front of your kids too. Yep, and and ha- and show them the love and compassion you have for your man, or mm-hmm. you know, vice versa, whatever. But then you can at least show them, like, yeah, okay, mom and dad fight, and it, you know, it's that's, but we can make up too because mm-hmm. we respect each other. Exactly, as well. and so even if I don't, because I said I don't want to fight in front of them, but that's sometimes unrealistic. Like if you're in a car, because I'll admit, being in a car is very traumatic for me because I would be stuck in the car with my parents fighting Mm -hmm. and so I have a tendency to get much more on edge about issues when I'm in the car and so me and Nick will have a tendency to argue in the car a lot more and we argue we argue out the ass but it doesn't get heated it just gets snippy we're very snippy and so I do want that I want to show them that like and how great is that? Like your kid be is snippy with you, and then realizes five minutes later, mom, I really didn't mean to do that. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Right, because they'll see us saying that to each other, examples. and like we always say we're sorry, me and Nick. We always say we're sorry, and sometimes you know it took a long time. I for him to realize how important apologies are to me yeah. because I never got one. Right. I right. think that was what was hard for me is that I never got a. It was never. It was just okay. We need to move on. And I think that's why it's so hard for me to move on is because I never got apologized to. I never got told this wasn't, I'm sorry this happened. Yeah. I'm sorry you have to deal with this. You know, I'm sure your mom a couple times might have even said that, you know, maybe like, I'm sorry this is your life. No. No. Damn. I never well, got none it. Of that. I, I don't, I we never, never got it. <laughs> no, no. And I think that's because then she would own up to it. True. But True. like then it's like, but now that I'm older, but that's another thing. My mom has treated me like I am seven my entire life mm-hmm. on top of that. So when I was 13 and a raging fucking hormonal bitch, mm-hmm. I'm 13, mom. I'm not fucking seven. No. I know what you're fucking doing. Mm-hmm. So here I am now. I'm 24 years old and I'm fucking pregnant and I'm an adult. I know what you're fucking doing. I'm not fucking stupid. No. I am no. not fucking dumb. And that was like one thing Tiffany would call her out on. It's like, Tyra, Tyra's 18, mom. Why the fuck do you still play her like this? Mm-hmm. And it's because I am easily manipulated by this woman because mm-hmm. it was a ride or die kismet fucking relationship. It is this weird, like disgusting thing, I guess, is how I view it. Is It was... Go to Very the end of the earth. Yeah. For this woman 
And yet I shouldn't have never, I should have never been that person. It was like, I was this weird, what is it? Like spouse in a way. I think that's what my dad, Josh wanted from me Yeah, is he wanted that. He wanted me to put him above all because that's what they want. They want to feel important because they don't feel important to themselves. And so when you have this young child and it's your baby and it's your last one and all the other kids hate her. Pour your love into her and and you pour all of your issues into her and you use her as a crutch and she makes you feel good. And as sometimes I feel like she's just as addicted to you as she is to the pills. Yep, exactly. That's so fucking true. And what I was saying, like, at the beginning was, like, each kid had a different relationship with her. Tiffany and my mom have a very different relationship than me and her do. My mom has a different relationship with her daughters than Mm -hmm. her sons. Brandon does not talk to her. Mm -hmm. Brandon gets severe anxiety and will go into a depressive state. Even hearing about my mom and what she's doing. That's so sad. And Josh became an alcoholic for 15 fucking years because of this woman and her fucking fucked upness. But now they're dealing with it because Josh is now the only one that will talk to her. And sometimes that's just hard being the oldest. There's a lot of exactly, guilt there. There's exactly. A lot of, that Josh has dealt with too. And I and know he's got to go through his own healing process with her. And yeah, exactly that he didn't get to. Yeah. Because ago. he drowned it out. Yeah. And so now he's trying to do that now. And very he'll, true. He'll very go true. through his own path with that. Very fucking true about that. So that's just, it is what it is. And that's at least what I can do is like, you know, and Tiffany and, her raising and Brandon and his raising, Josh and his raising, it's so much better than what we were raised with at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Mm-hmm. It really was. Because at least the kids can go to bed at night knowing that, like, they're cared for. They're cared for. Mm-hmm. Everybody's know, like, got problems. I mean, yeah. that's another thing I want to say is, like, nobody is without issues. Yeah. Nobody has a perfect life. No. God, no. Don't feel like because you have a, like with Tyra and her guilt and embarrassment over her mother that she did not want people to know. And like, whereas me, I was like, God, somebody please (laughs) see what is happening at my house. Like, I I would tell anybody, but also my mom would get upset if I did. You know, she didn't want people to know. My mom was super, very like... (gasps) oh, we cannot let this person know about what I'm doing. Like, make Mm -hmm. sure you're not doing this. Like, you cannot tell blah, 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 blah. But my mom was the first to let anybody know about other serious things happening within the family. And my mom was very, very overly proud of me. My mom would show me off any given fucking like you're a prize pony oh my god my parents did that too they'd always make us sing for everyone yes (laughs) my mom was very like that and it was like tyra's just doing so great look at how proud i'm so proud of her and just then you weren't yeah like low key inside yeah Yeah. like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but i finished look how good i did right yeah and i fucking finished school and i fucking did all that shit but like that was more for me not for her no and that's what i mean is for her it was like look how good i did i raised this daughter she's mine yes exactly yeah yeah it's like okay but i'm having she's having to do this mostly by herself and that was one thing. Like, it's a miracle you even got good grades. Yes. And graduated. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Who the fuck? I, yeah. Nobody made you do your No homework. one made me do that shit. Not one fucking person. And I think that's Go just you. the role models I had. Like, with Sandy and Tiffany. Sandy really pushed me really fucking hard. Yeah. She really did. And Tiffany was battling her own shit. But Sandy didn't have kids. Yeah. Tiffany and Khaleesi and Brett, you know, they all had kids. Sandy did And they were young. 
exactly figuring it out with their own shit so sandy low breaking their own cycles yeah sandy had time to like be like hey actually you need to fucking do this Mm -hmm. do you want to end up like that no (laughs) fucking do your shit yeah and that was like one thing like with the heater i got so upset and like you even said you were like i'm really sorry that you have no fucking help you have not. I mean, yeah, okay. I have, the, I have the support. Don't get me wrong. I have fucking support, but not in a parent way. No. Of like, yeah, babe, here, here. Like, I mean, sorry, low key money way. Yeah. Like, here, babe, I got this. Here's one fifty towards that bill. Pay me back if you can. Pay me if back not, if you fucking can. I love fine. you so much. Yeah. And like that was one thing I told. I came home and I told Chance. I was like, we were just fucking constantly fucking surviving. This is bullshit. When do we catch a break with some of this shit? But like, that's fine. And what if it's my legacy for my grandkids? Mm-hmm. to be able to be like oh my grandma my grandma and grandpa always helped out my parents blah blah blah, blah. because and I'm like that's some I was just thinking that's something you can do for exactly. your children exactly you know and it'll, in a way it'll, 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 heal, it'll that heal that in you exactly yeah. exactly and I know my time it'll come yeah accept it for where it is now you know and it's just it's hard life with addict parents is is a fucking rough slippery fucking slope it's heartbreaking because mm-hmm. you break for them your your heart is broken for them shattered into a million pieces yeah but it's just sad and i don't know if we'll ever get the relief until they're sober or they're dead yeah you know and that's just such a hard reality that i've had to come to accept yeah well and yeah with my dad josh it's just like either you get better and we have a relationship or you don't and we don't and we don't and that's, you gotta, I mean, like, and that was, like, one thing my therapist was, like, you don't have to accept it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, yeah, I know, I don't have to accept that. I don't have to accept the, there's no forgiveness, okay, you know. All right, and she's, like, things are just the way they are. It can just be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do shit. No, nope. there's nothing you need to do about it. Yeah. It just is. Exactly. And so that was really healing when we started talking, and when I started going to therapy in April. Mm-hmm. You know. Therapy chef's kiss yeah can't live without it I know it's crazy it's helped me a lot it's helped me so much I mean I have only been in therapy like I had that family therapy at 15 and then I didn't start therapy till I had my own bipolar issues starting to crop up and that was a really hard because I never wanted to be my dad and uh I just had to figure out you know yeah maybe I should be on meds and maybe I should you know, I don't need to feel this way all the time. Maybe this isn't normal. Yeah. Maybe I'm not just a really strong feeler. Yeah. <laughs> Which I am. Right. <laughs> Neurodivergent, uh. bipolar, extra feeler over here. But Right, at least you can accept it. Yeah. Like that's, that's something oh your my dad gosh, could do took, was accept it. No, he can't. I mean, he can't accept that he has these issues. Yep. He uses them almost as an excuse instead of as... I don't even know what, what I use mine as just it, like I, like we just said, it just is, I can't, even if I don't accept, it took me a long time to accept it. Yeah. And so for a long time, it just was, but it's that not a I crutch. have these it's issues. Not a no, it's, I'm bipolar. Leave me alone. Yeah. It's, you can't get mad at me. This is just how I am. And it's, it's like, like no. I'm, I'm, that is one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like, this is just how I am. And it's like, okay, you have no room for growth. Exactly. We all have room for we growth. We can change. We can all change. We can all work on ourselves. We'll never be perfect, and that's not the expectation, but 
if you're not working on yourself, mm-hmm. you're stagnating. And I never want to stagnate. Yeah. And that's something my husband says a lot, too. He does not want to stagnate in life. Yeah. Preach. And we each have different yeah. viewpoints on that. But yeah. that, for him, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be the same person I was yesterday. No, and I think that's, like, with Chance and I being parents, that's such a fucking change. Mm. And you're constantly evolving, but you're not mm. changing overnight, but you are low-key evolving at the same fucking time. And, and I think that's becoming... something I had to tell you, too, at the beginning was, like, it is not going to change overnight. No. It, you are not going to change overnight. He's not going to change overnight. No. And that was something I had to learn with my husband because just we have such differences. We are so different. Yeah. And I can't expect him or myself to just heal in an instant, like one good conversation isn't going to make every difference. You know, yeah. it's going to make a little difference. And that difference is hopefully enough to continue growing together. But that's what I look at it as, is growing together and communicating. And the fact that we can have hard conversations together and not let it become this huge animosity between yeah. us. You can just package it up, save it for later, pull it out when the time's right. Right. And then if that time's not right, pull it out again. You know what I mean? It's nothing. Right. And it's just some, you can revisit things. It's not Without a war. it being a war. Yeah. It's not, it's not a constant battle. It's not who can do right. Yep. And who can do it better. Mm-hmm. It's you guys are a unit. You guys are a team. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got our, you know, with chance. Like we are a team with this kid. It's a team. We are teamwork. We are not against each other. It's not mm-hmm. who's more tired today. It's. Okay, you're tired. You need me to pull, pull up, pull up, pick up the slack a little bit. All right, I can do that. Can you help me out tomorrow then mm-hmm. if that's the case? Because I'm also really fucking tired as well. And it's mm-hmm. just communication. Communication. And being honest mm-hmm. with your feelings. Yeah. But not attacking with yeah. your feelings. Just be open. And, and sometimes that's the hardest part is saying how you feel. And that's where I see like the packaging it up and putting it away for later being like, I'm not in a good headspace to talk to you about this. I'm just going to be hurtful. Yes. I need to talk about this another time. Yep. And that's, and that's fucking, that's healing. Yeah. That is being a fucking adult. Like, wow, that's grown up Mm -hmm. shit right there. Yeah. And so I think that's, yeah, coming back to my parents, I just think that I wanted them to heal with each other and that, it clearly was yeah. not going to happen. And yeah. I think now that they're separate and like, they don't have the weight of children on them and yeah. they don't have this expectation, this expectations anymore of each other. Yeah. yeah. That there's not like, you're my wife. You should do this. Yeah, you're right. My husband you should do friends, this. Like you're you just, you're, I mean, they're still husband and wife, but not in the way they were. And yeah. so there's a lot of like more boundaries there now, which yeah. I think should have been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, talking to mom on her episode, I was shocked she moved after two weeks of meeting I him. I didn't realize that. I did not realize <laughs> that. And then, she's like, and then her trying to say that, yeah, they, you know, well, at least we've been talking for five months. I'm like, you've been talking for only five months. <laughs> I feel like you jumped into this with this man and I knew, I know why. I know it's because she had she knew that we needed to be raised and I, I have no doubts that that way things happened had to happen oh, the way course, they did of course I had to have this man in my life she had to have this man in her life and we wouldn't have done and had the life we had no without him. god fuck no but 
Do I wish things were different? Yeah, I wish yeah. things were better always, but yeah. it yeah. just is what it was. I know, and I just wish things were different too, don't we all? Don't we fucking all? But all we can do is do better and move on and Heal. have our own versions of of that and show ourselves that it is possible. Exactly. And not just bottle the shit up and just be turn out to be just fucking mean people. Mm-hmm. Not to be more hurt people hurting exactly. people. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like we can accept it and we move on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You need that. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, uh, I guess that was a big thing for me too. Me and my dad had a big fight, not just recently. And it was like, I just made the decision that I want him in my life. But I told him, I was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Cause it's clearly not getting anywhere. Yeah. And kind of, I think, ex- and this is a hard part I have with men, I think, because I had this issue with my husband, is accepting them for them as they are. And that they're not going to be this idea that I have in my head. Yeah. That they're going to be who they are. And I need to stop putting high expectations yeah. on them just to be dashed. I need to be, expectations in general in life, I'm trying to just yeah, I let know. go. I know, fucking A, dude, because then you're just getting heartbroken yeah yeah and just and I think my expectations will soar the things that I had for people will because I'm not saying like don't have any expectations and then let yourself be a damn doormat but like you know don't let unnecessary expectations cloud your viewpoint of someone yeah and I think for my dad and I it was just like you know what, we have an issue, maybe it's best we just don't talk about it because he's not ready to change and deal with this in the way that I am. Mm -hmm. And I can't force him. Nope. And I can only work on myself and be there for myself Mm -hmm. the way I wanted them to be there for me. Right. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, it's a a hard topic. Mm -hmm. You know, parents are hard, so... Parents are hard, Dang. and yeah. all I can hope is that I'm not as hard, but I'm sure with who, I, know. I have no doubt they'll find something to be upset about, and all I can, that's my biggest thing I wanted to say, too, is just, I want to be more open, I have no doubt I'll have some triggers just like my parents, mm-hmm. but I want to be more open to my mistakes, I want to be more self-aware with yeah. my kids, yep. and just know... That they're not trying to hurt me yes. when they when they come. They just because if my kids, that's the way I see it. Is if my kids are comfortable enough coming to me trying to talk about an issue they have, yeah. it's because they want to fix something. They want to feel better. They want it's us to feel to better. Rag on you. It's not to cause a fight. It's not just to be an asshole. It's yeah. because they want different mm-hmm. and they want us to be different. They want to grow with me. Yeah, and that's what I want to try and Preach. remember. Preach. I love that. I love that because yeah. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Just be better together. Mm-hmm. Always. That's all I want out of any relationship. Yes. Yes. <sighs> well, well, I hope you guys enjoyed all that. Yeah. I know. It was a long <laughs> episode. We've been throwing out some longer ones lately. Yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. This was a fun, not fun, but like <laughs> interesting to let it out. It was cathartic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get it out. And I hope you guys resonated with it. I hope this is what you were looking for. Yes. Yes, we hope so. (laughs) 